Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. Anna Barwick is a pharmacy practice lecturer in the School of Rural Medicine at the University of New England. Born and raised on an organic and biodynamic property at Peak Hill, Anna now lives with her husband and children on their Australian stock horse stud farm in Walker, which is really, really high up. <laughs> in New South Wales. So Anna is the founder of Farm Online, the first pharmacist-led telehealth service in Australia. She is also the 2022 New South Wales Premier's Woman of the Year, 2022 New South Wales Minerals Council Regional Woman of the Year, and New South Wales Pharmacist of the Year in 2021. And she's super passionate about improving the health of all Australians. So welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thanks so much, Julie, for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And I can't wait to get into our chat today. You clearly have a passion and a huge motivation to help and support people. So where has this come from? Has it been something that's been in you always? Look, so I'm the daughter of farmers and I think that makes a really big difference. I think farmers are generally very positive people. They're very much affected by external influences like the weather and fires and mouse plagues and everything else that everyone's gone through, even just in the last kind of few years. And I think that very much builds resilience and problem solving skills. And I think it's not something I've been particularly aware of, but I notice it now in adulthood that I look kind of for for ways of figuring out problems rather than just complaining about it or just going, well, it's not my problem. I'll give it to someone else. And I think that's probably from mum and dad and, and how they've kind of gone about their business and their lives as well. But then I also had an experience when I was 16. So my grandmother passed away suddenly in her sleep and we, we did didn't know why. And when they actually checked as to what had occurred, she had undiagnosed heart failure. So her heart was really enlarged. She had a lot of the common symptoms that that are present in heart failure. So she was obese. She had high blood pressure. You know, she didn't eat particularly well and she was getting swelling and and all these things that indicate that the heart's not working so well. And and I thought, surely, you know, that should have been picked up. That should have been dealt with at the time. And my nan was my best friend, you know, so it really hurt, you know, to to see her go like that. But in saying that, she would have wanted to go like that. That's exactly how she would have wanted to leave the world. She she never wanted anyone to fuss about her. She gave the best hugs um, and she was always so supportive. And so I think that At that stage, I was looking at going into year 11 and 12 and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I'd always loved kind of STEM subjects and, you know, health and chemistry and all those kind of areas, biology. And I went, 
surely there's a career where I can help prevent this for another family so they don't lose their grandmother like we did. And I kind of looked around and looked at nursing and medicine and physiotherapy and a range of other things. And, and I actually landed on pharmacy because it, it seemed like a wonderful profession that was very focused on prevention and helping people to use both medication and non-medication ways of dealing with health conditions and making life a bit better. So that's kind of where I and why I ended up where I am now. Oh, so, you know, through tragedy, it really inspired you to, to make a difference for so many. Absolutely. I, I hope so. I hope that's the intention and I hope that's what we do achieve is, as I said, yeah, improve quality of life for people and, and let them have a longer life with their family. I think that's an amazing outcome if we can achieve it. So now you're the founder of Farm Online, which you founded during the pandemic. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> and you really disrupted an industry, which is so exciting. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit about that and, and where the idea came from? Maybe it sort of links to your story just before? Yeah, well, I think absolutely. Being a rural girl, I absolutely could see the difference in health outcomes from people that I knew and people that I worked with and, and were around. And obviously there are a number of kind of limitations in rural areas. You know, the tyranny of distance is a big one, um, but also accessibility to highly skilled health professions and a range of health professions. And I knew that was a limiting thing. When I, it was actually when I had my first baby, I was actually breastfeeding her and she was only very young, very little. And I was a very young, you know, anxious mum and you know, trying to kind of make sure everything was okay and, and healthy with her. And I noticed she had a rash and I and I kind of looked into it and I started to Google at 3am in the morning as I'm sitting there breastfeeding um, in the dark. And obviously, if you go onto Dr. Google, you get all of the worst case scenarios. And I thought, right, I, I am a health professional. I know, you know, I, I can kind of filter out the good and the bad and the stuff that seems realistic and the stuff that isn't. But I thought there's a lot of people that may not be able to, or they may not feel confident about doing that. And, and I thought, really, we need medication experts. We need pharmacists to be available online to to answer, you know, to diagnose and to answer questions and to make suggestions about treatment. And so that kind of, that was more, so I had my first baby in 2016 and I kind of thought about it and thought, well, there has to be a better way didn't do a lot about it because I was busy, obviously, um, raising my family. But in 2020, it became even more apparent. So my husband is also a pharmacist and owns the local pharmacy in Walka. And we noticed people when they were isolating, they were reaching out to us to ask questions. So they were texting or calling and saying, can I take this with that? And, you know, what do I do if I can't get this medication? Like it's not in stock or I don't want to go out and buy it. And I thought, right, we need to formalize this. We need to have this as a, as a service that's ongoing and that people can reach out to. And yeah, that was really how I kind of first started thinking about, well, what can we do? How do we package this up? How do we make this available? And it was from me reaching out to a local business incubator. So um, the University of New England, where I work, uh, has what they call a smart region incubator. So a support system for entrepreneurs and business owners. And I actually pitched to them about this concept and they were so keen and they've been so supportive along the way that it's helped me to build it to what Farm Online is today which is both um, a video and a telephone telehealth service um, that people can reach whenever it suits them and wherever it suits them. I think that's really amazing. And to your point, you know, can I take this medication with that medication that, you know, with my latest health challenge, that is a constant 
question that I have. And I'm forever contacting pharmacists to say, look, I really want to do this. Even natural sort of medicines to take with my with my cancer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, com- yeah. Your complementary and alternative medicines are such an important component, but you do have to be careful as to, you know, how it will interact and if it's safe. Yeah. So that's phenomenal. So obviously when you went to the incubator and you got the support, like did you come up against any roadblocks or any challenges that you really had to push through? Or or was this just such a, I mean, it just seems such a logical, amazing idea that it's like, of course. <laughs> That's right. And I think that exactly whenever I talk to people, they go, it's a no brainer. Why hasn't anyone else done this? And I'm like, I know, I don't understand. And obviously I've reached out to a lot of colleagues in the profession and, and the lot, you know, the feedback they've given me is the technology wasn't there, you know, and, and also the acceptability, I think too, of telehealth at that point probably wasn't there pre COVID. Whereas I think it is much more, more so now. And, and what we noticed, we actually have a lot of callers and people at contact contacting us from Melbourne. And the reason I think that is, is because you guys had the longest lockdown and you became so used to telehealth that it's almost now just normal. Um, Whereas I think around other parts of the country, maybe not as much, but yeah, look, as far as roadblocks, no, I'm I'm surprised at how very little there have been other than my own limitations. So obviously as a practitioner, I've had to learn about the business side, which is all very new, all, you know, I'm trying to learn as I go and trying to use my money wisely and all those kind of things. And I think the other thing is just time has been a a limiting factor for me because I do have a number of hats and a number of things that I do. And so actually fitting it in is is quite a challenge. But no, the support has been fantastic. Obviously, you know, with some some of those recognitions that I've had recently, yeah, people get it. They understand. They they totally agree with what's happening. So it really is the, the rate limiting step is me and actually getting things done in a timely fashion. But um, it does seem to be coming together, which is fantastic. And I think even since 2020, when we first launched, it has kind of evolved and changed to offer services in particular areas. So not just direct to the public, but also to like in the aged care sector. So doing HMR, so home medication reviews via telehealth um, has become a really big thing. And even um, assisting corporates with their staff and actually having them being able to stay at their their desk or if they're working from home, being able to beam in and check on their health and, and, you know, get them to make some good choices um, as far as their health care. So it's really exciting. Yeah, super exciting. That's amazing. And it's so great that it's available to everyone because, you know, people might think it's only available to those who are in um, isolated areas or rural, but no, it's available to everyone. And you have specialists as well, I noticed. We do, yes, which is really exciting. So I'm a, a, a diabetes educator, so that's kind of my specialty. But I also have colleagues that are involved as well that are neurodiverse specialist. So one of my pharmacists was called the spectrum pharmacist. And so she obviously helps a lot with people that have had a diagnosis on the spectrum. And we've also recently just welcomed an oncology pharmacist in as well to help when people have just had a diagnosis or they've got those questions about changing their medication or adding new things in. And then, yeah, a number of other pharmacists around the country that do the home medication reviews and, and have particular interests in, in certain areas. So it's a, it's a really wonderful team 
team, a really inspiring team to be a part of. And most of those have just come to me organically. You know, they've, they're wanting to do something and wanting to help people and reach beyond their local area. And Farm Online um, offers that opportunity for them to be able to do that. Love it. Now, you mentioned two things. First of all, the awards that you yeah, And also, you wear a lot of hats. I'll go to that question first because that was the the question when I asked people because I let people know, you know, I'm interviewing this amazing woman, blah, blah, blah. What do you want me to ask her? And they're like, tell me how she does it all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think a lot of people ask this all, all the time. And and what I say is I don't do it all. <laughs> um, it's, you know, I, I think what I have done and have managed to do over time, and it's absolutely take a time, is make sure that I'm very focused on the things that internally motivate me a lot, which is things like, you know, yeah, improving healthcare access, um, very much supporting women. So most of my team, often mum pharmacists. So, you know, being able to support them is wonderful. And again, you know, often having that focus on rural and remote, even though, as you said, we don't just help people in those areas, but all of those things are just absolutely ingrained passions. And I think all of the work that I do kind of comes together and is, and is focused on all of those things. So I lecture at UNE. So I teach pharmacy, medicine and nursing students about, you know, medication therapies and, and, you know, the ways to help people with their health. And I'm doing my PhD at the moment as well. And so that's that's actually based on Farm Online though. So I'm actually doing an analysis and evaluation of the service and that will actually form my PhD. So again, just aligning that together means that I'm not kind of doing too many things everywhere. And I do some mentoring as well in the, it's a program called the Country to Canberra program. So it helps with regional and rural girls uh, and young women. So kind of um, around that high school age that are wanting to develop their leadership skills. So yeah, I'm happy to do that as well. But yeah, as far as doing it all, I definitely don't. So I have a very supportive husband, um, which helps a lot. So, and we, we, you know, we have help at home. So I actually have a cleaner come in once a week because I don't like to do that. And it's not something that really, it's not part of my passions. Um, so yeah, I think that helps a lot. So I don't have to kind of do a lot of those home duties. And, and my husband and I tend to share a lot of those home duties and child rearing duties, which helps quite a lot. And then yeah, my extended family is so helpful as well. So when I need to go off to conferences or do things that require my my complete focus, I can call on them to be able to look after the children. And, and as the kids have got older, it's gotten easier as well. They're both at school now. So that helps as well. I've got very defined timelines and they're not getting as sick as much as they did when they're in daycare. I'm sure that's a, a common experience for a lot of parents. But yeah, so I, I just don't do it all. And I think what I, I tend to do is I'll prioritise things and, and go hard on them, but I'm also doing little bits of everything all the time. So I think I'm fairly consistent, but I often miss deadlines. So <laughs> I, I would say, if, um, you know, that idea of, you know, give someone, give a busy person a job and it'll get done. I can agree with that, but it probably won't get done on a timeline. That's <laughs> really hard. Um, it'll be things that might come in a little bit later. And, and I think that's okay. And I think we need to kind of cut ourselves some slack in that space and not be, you know, so focused on that. And obviously taking time for ourselves and having downtime is really important as well. Yeah. So you do that for you? You do take some time out? When- yeah, I do. So we, yeah, my husband and I and our family are on a 70 acre property at Walker and that's just what we've always wanted. We wanted our own farm and our own things to do. So my husband is uh, actually raises uh, 
stock horses and, and breaks them in and trains them. And I, I actually raise miniature dash hounds. So that's kind oh. of what my I do. Yeah, I just, I, I, we both love animals and love kind of being out in nature. And I think that is my doubt, just being there and being able to, you know, yeah, walk around the farm and, and be out in nature and have the kids enjoying a similar childhood to what we did, I think is just, that's really lovely and, and it helps, um, yeah, keep me grounded, I think. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. Oh, beautiful. I love that. I just feel relaxed listening to it. And that must be why we get on so well, Anna, because I'm a massive animal lover as well. So. Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, we, we, we really don't deserve animals. They're, they're far superior to us in so many ways. And so it's, I think it's, it's really lovely to be able to, to focus on them. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk about your awards because like I I know I spoke about three of them but of course that's not the end you've been highly awarded over you know many years so I'm really curious as to how you felt when you like receive these awards and like what do they mean to you and I suppose importantly what have they enabled you to do Absolutely. Um, shock um, every time. <laughs> I really, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, you, you know, you you being, oh, what's the word for it? Being too humble." Humble, yeah. And I'm like, I don't think I am. I don't think it's. I don't think it's humble. I, I honestly don't. I, I feel that there are so many other people that are deserving. I think, I, you know, and I feel that it's yeah, being singled out is. I don't know. It's just, it's never really sat very well with me, I suppose, because I just think I, I very much love supporting and promoting other people. I, I, I much prefer that than having limelight on myself. But in saying that, with some of those awards, you know, obviously it affords you opportunities that you wouldn't otherwise have. So it gives you PR opportunities and, and exposure opportunities that wouldn't otherwise occur. So that's been wonderful. A number of those awards, some I was nominated for and, and wasn't aware of, and others that I was asked to put information in. And I, I it was interesting, a lot of those awards that I've had recently, so the, the Premier's Award and the Regional Woman, and also recently there's been an, an additional one called the Innovative Pharmacist of the Year. Funnily enough, they were all due around September last year. So as I said, some were not nominated other some people asked me to put information in but they all occurred within about a week or two the submission times were always around the same time so I was just kind of copying and pasting them right for each one just going well that's just the same information so I put them in and went <laughs> we'll see what happens and I mean I've been put in for other awards too that I have not received um, it sounds really impressive and you know there was these kind of three big ones all 
all in a row. But as I said, you know, it was just that it was just convenient at the time to put everything in. And in the meantime, yeah, there's been other awards that I haven't received and I, and, you know, I've been told to apply for again in the future. So it seems impressive, but I think it, doesn't always show the effort or, or the timeframes or, you know, what kind of went into it or what didn't go into it as it might be. So, yeah, as I said, absolutely shocked, um, particularly with the New South Wales Premier's Award because I actually met all of the other women in the categories that were there. So, you know, there was a, um, a local hero award. There was the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Woman of the Year. There was um, like a, an academic award. So there were these phenomenal women that have done the most amazing things in Australia. And I feel what I've done is so minuscule (laughs) um, in comparison. But as, you know, as somebody said to me, well, you kind of, it's that kind of award, you, you, it's very hard. You're not comparing apples with apples. You, you know, it's, it's all about the, the potential and the opportunities and, and what has been done. And so I think that's helped me feel a little bit more accepting (laughs) of it, because as I said, I really felt like I wasn't deserving and that there were so many other women that are, but I think that it puts the onus on me to put other women forward in the future that I see doing amazing things, even if they can't see it. And I think that's important too. So I couldn't necessarily see, you know, how amazing some of the things were that, that are happening and continue to happen, but obviously other people can. And so, yeah, as I said, absolutely shocked. And I still don't really <laughs> feel that, yeah, I yeah, it still feels very strange to even uh, have those, those words associated with my name. But um and some of the real benefits of being in those awards are meeting other people and the other finalists, which has just been phenomenal with connections for, for opportunities for research for me in the future and also just gaining some lovely friends and, and colleagues that I can reach out to in the future. So I think that's been really wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. And I love what you said that, you know, now it, it's like your opportunity to, you know, put others in the spotlight too and really put other women forward. So I think that's really wonderful. And like you say, it's all about the PR opportunities and the people that you meet. Like and in, you know, having you in the spotlight, because what you've done is is phenomenal. It inspires others to do like they see you doing it. And, you know, you could think, and that's going to be my next question to you, you know, you could really think, right, so, you know, Anna lives in Walker and like that's quite remote. Like, how on earth, like if she can do it. I can do it in Melbourne because I've got so much just within reach. Yes, absolutely. And if that's an outcome, that's fantastic as well because I think that too, I and I think probably what I have found too, you know, you get these awards and you go, well, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And I think that's true. But I, like I've been on that other side where, you know, you look at other people that have been awarded things, you just think they're amazing, I can never be that. But we're all human, you know, we've all got, you know, we all have things that we don't do really well and we've got our strengths and weaknesses. But I think if you can inspire other people to go, well, if she can do it, I can do it. (laughs) And I hope that's true. I hope people go, well, then I can do it. Anyone can do it. And I think that's absolutely true. (laughs) I bet you those women that you were looking at or those people were saying exactly the same thing. Precisely. Exactly. And I think I've now met some of those women. And I think when you met, you go and you go, yeah, we're all like, 
we're all the same. You know, we might be at, at different points in our um, trajectory and or our goals, but absolutely, I think we all have the opportunity to gather skills and, and knowledge that can help us in the future. And I think, yeah, having those opportunities and taking those opportunities when they present, that's the most important thing. Yeah, perfect. So, and what is your message to those who might be thinking about doing something or who've had an idea that they're passionate about but haven't moved on it yet for whatever reason. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to get a great support crew. So having that at home helps a lot. If you don't have it there, look outside, right? I know there are people that, you know, they may not have supportive family members. Don't let that stop you. You know, I think all of us have a gift and a skill that we can actually contribute and make a difference in the world. So if if something's not working in some area, look elsewhere. I think that's really important. As I said, for me, you know, reaching out to the support network of an incubator was great. And there a lot of um, female-focused groups now, business groups that are just phenomenal, and you can find them everywhere. Some of them are paid, and some of them are, are free services. So, you know, obviously, what go with what you can afford and what you respond to well. So, I've been really lucky to find that, and I've also put myself into situations that I haven't always been comfortable with. So, joining kind of groups or um, you know circles of particularly women in business, but even just beyond women, um, you know business groups where I think I'm not up to this. I think it's good because it makes you then strive and reach and improve. So I think I would really encourage that. So yeah, support crew, absolutely critical. And I think it's really important to have the right mindset as well. So if you mentally are not ready it's not the right time, but you need to work on your mindset. So you need to go, why Why do I feel I'm not ready? You know, what can I work on myself that will give me some confidence to at least put myself out there and give something a try? So with Farm Online, when I pitched it, I absolutely thought that they were going to say, we don't, you know, we can't see any market for this. We don't know why you're doing it. And they were so keen. And I think just having that positivity really helped me as well, because I was like, oh, I think it's a good idea, but I don't know if anyone else will. And I was very prepared for someone to go, nah. (laughs) Um, Knowing that I still thought, you know, I would still have worked on it in, in a different way if I didn't find my support crew there. So, Yeah, I think you've got to work on your mindset. I've always lived by the quote that um, if you think you can, you will, rather than, you know, but if you think you can't, you won't. And that's, I think that's so very true. And it's, you've got to work on yourself first and your mindset to be prepared to, to make the leap that's required. If you're going into business or you want to develop a new skill or you're going to meet new people, whatever it is, you've got to be in the right mindset for it to be positive. 100%. I totally agree with that. And they're great tips, including the step outside of your comfort zone. But I believe, you know, your mindset is your superpower. So if you get that right, you can do anything. Yeah. Totally agree. That's right. And absolutely. And, and, you know, we see that in health and health research as well, too, you know, where, yeah, if your mindset, you know, if you can change your mindset, we know it improves things like your pain tolerance and your ability to cope with a chronic disease. So, you know, it's a huge thing. And and I think, you know, we learn more about the brain and brain elasticity and a whole range of other areas. Um, It'll make a really big change when it comes to healthcare and lifestyle and and what we do on a day-to-day basis. Love it. My gosh, I could chat to you forever. But I'm going to link back to the title of this podcast, which is called Making It Count. I think it's very evident how you're making it count in your world. So I'd love to know, like, what, what what's next for Anna? 
or are you, are you happy are you happy where you're at for a certain period oh, of time? no look and and I think that that's an important thing too I don't think I mean I'm, I think I'm a very positive person and I and I recognize all the privileges and positive things that happen in my life but I also am always working towards the next thing so I think for my mindset and my mental health I need to have the next thing to go to and the next thing that will help me achieve a bigger goal so I always have little things in place that help me to move along and keep motivated so yeah I think what's next is I would absolutely love to see Farm Online grow we'd we'd love to partner with some other corporates to offer our services we're looking at offering some online courses as well, so some self-paced offerings for um, families um, for, for certain conditions based on the specialties we that we have in our team. And yeah, as I said, just love to see that grow. I, you know, obviously need to get through my PhD, so that's something that I have in front of me, which is a kind of a long-term goal and something that I need to have finished by about 2024. So I've got a bit of a hard deadline on that. So I have to work away at that. But yeah, for me, ultimately, you know, leaving a legacy of having people being more aware of rural healthcare and being in it or coming up with innovative ways to try and improve that is absolutely essential. And, you know, we've said this multiple times that it shouldn't just be limited to rural and remote, but there, you know, that's a group of people that definitely need more help. They need more funding. We need more programs in place to ensure that they are not left behind and we don't have people that are dying at a much younger age or having a, a much lower quality of life. So if my legacy is that we can have that happen through, you know, as I said, more funding, particularly around pharmacist consultations. So getting a Medicare number associated, I would absolutely love that. And if that is my legacy, I would absolutely die happy. I love that, Anna. And thank you so much for sharing your wonderful, like super powerful story today. And I'm really excited to be getting this out there to, you know, my audience. You never know who's who's hearing, who's who's tuning in. So, and I think you're creating an incredible legacy and impacting countless people's lives. So thank you for what you're doing and thank you for your time in chatting with me today. Thanks, Julie, and thanks so much to all of your listeners. Absolutely let them know to reach out if I can help or they want to get in contact. I'm absolutely um, happy to have a chat. Yeah, for sure. I'll be sharing all the links with the show notes. So thank you, Anna. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for listening to today's episode, and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.